What is up, everybody? Jerry here. Welcome to the Toffee Blues USA. Uh, it's uh, your source for all things Everton, American style, with American sauce. Enjoy. All right, I'm Jerry, like I always am. Joining me today uh, with his uh, his debut uh, appearance here on Toffee Blues USA, Clay Trainum of the he's the chairperson of the Nashville Evertonians, is here. He's been around... Been around American soccer and Southeast soccer for a while. So, Clay, it's good to have you, man. Yeah, can we call it my Clay View? Clay View. Okay, okay. Can I can I say something? I've been, like, doing some light Twitter stalking on Clay. Yeah. All right. Uh, is it Clay-O-Wolf? I think yeah, it's... I just changed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? I, used, I change it every so often. It was Clayberham Lincoln. Uh, it's been Cirque du So Clay. Uh, my my favorite my personal favorite and anybody that from nashville that's hearing this is rolling their eyes immediately uh is clay miserab clay miserab and you know i was actually impressed with clay la soul uh i thought that was pretty clever uh i came up with that like 10 15 years whenever twitter first came out in college and whenever it hit me i was just like I'm locking this up on every platform (laughs) no those are good Uh, there's a i know one of one of uh, my our our uh, our Twitter buds, uh, Pete, who's uh, he's always like doing the wordplay. Calls it a hashtag wanky wordplay, and I'm like, I'm just sitting here thinking Pete Needham's gonna love Clay, man. He's yeah, anything love that this. has a long a, anything that has a long a in it is gonna get. At some point, I'm gonna put my hands on it. <laughs> so so yeah so anyway so but he's but just so everybody knows he's not just Mr. Wordplay with his name. He's uh, the uh, he's the chairperson of the Nashville Evertonians, uh, actually uh, based out of Murfreesboro, which is uh, just outside Nashville. How far away do you think? Yeah, it's it's becoming a Nashville suburb. Nashville grows by about a hundred people a day uh, for the yeah. last like five or six years, and so we're about we're based in Nashville. Like we are pubs in Nashville. I live in Murfreesboro. It's about a 35, 40 minute drive for me on mm-hmm. match days, which which isn't too bad, except this weekend it's terrible because it means that I'm leaving the house before 6 a.m. We're gonna have to we're gonna we've got a similar question about that in the mailbag about uh Americans and viewing Premier League and sleep schedules. So put a pin in that one and remember for later because I'm very curious. Uh so uh, just a just some basic questions for you. Uh, how are you an Everton supporter? How did this happen? Yeah, it's kind of wild. Like um, it started, maybe not quite fifteen years ago, but um, you know, you're you're sitting there trying to figure out which team you're drawn to, and you're watching things you're i always tell people like i don't go out and try and recruit people for the most part there are some people i do but for the most part i'm like watch some games do some reading yeah. like if something speaks to you if it's not everton that's fine but yeah. it should be everton well over the course of that um you know i found out that i had a really close tie to the club which is that um 
the University of Evansville, and again, the people that are watching this in Nashville are already rolling their eyes because I reference Evansville a lot. Uh, their best ever player and I, and their all-time leading scorer was David Weir. And this is actually an old eighth <laughs> Evansville soccer shirt I'm wearing right now. Um, and Weir led Evansville to a national semifinal. And to those watching that don't understand you know, college soccer, Evansville is a school of 2,000 people, and this is like an insane achievement. Mm-hmm. And they were really good in that that time span. So I'm sitting here reading, and I'm like, well, I don't really have a choice at this point. I grew up going to Evansville soccer camp, you know, and, you know, here's this guy who's who's the captain of Everton. And uh, and so that was like the the final nail you know, on, on, you know, becoming an Evertonian, but I was truthfully, I was already headed in that direction before I found that out, but Mm -hmm. that just kind of sealed the deal. Yeah. I find it interesting that both of us grew up uh, going to soccer camps and having our big, our favorite, like at soccer colleges that are nearby that are small D one colleges, not big, but somehow ended up with good programs. And I find it interesting psychologically, the fact that we're both Everton supporters. I find that interesting. It's, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not necessarily cheering, not necessarily going with the most obvious choice all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I feel like Everton's one of those clubs too, where if you look hard enough, there's going to be a tie. Like it just, yeah. they've been around, you know, so long and so much longer than some other teams. And, you know, you, you start to like peel back layers here and there. You're like, okay, well, this guy was connected. This guy runs back to Everton. And like, it, it's yeah. sort of that way. And so I feel like if you're looking for a tie to Everton, you're probably going to find one more often than not, just because of the way they're around. So like, it, it, I guess in that way, it's not totally surprising. So we've had a first here on Toffee Blues USA. Clay, unintentionally, but possibly very purposefully, calls Everton Kevin Bacon. Just saying. It just happened. It's funny. It's funny (laughs) because you don't know that you're hitting on this. So we have a game here in Nashville. And this is directly related to this. Called Six Degrees of Aces Soccer. And it is... Like you name a player Uh and we used to do this on road trips with Nashville soccer club where someone would name a player and I'd have to try and get that back. It's actually from a podcast, which was like sick. It was called the, um, Oh God, what is it? Uh, Oh man. It it was a Simpsons reference. Um, But it was a soccer podcast. Don't don't say it's a Simpsons. I'll just give you like five of them, and they'll all be wrong. So yeah, don't give me that opening. Soccer reference, <laughs> and it's totally like, uh, get ready for some soccer or something like that. Yeah, no, I I remember the episode because yeah. I remember yeah because everyone ends up being really bored watching it. It's yeah, sort of. So it's up. that <laughs> they played six degrees of Rochester Rhinos. And so I was joking because someone was saying like I was doing that you know, un- unintentionally with Evansville. And I was like, you know, if you gave me enough time, I could probably do that with Evansville men's soccer because there's enough little like oh, claws out there. And yeah. um, and it was really funny at the time because at the time, Nashville had just hired 
the old Evansville head coach as their technical director. <laughs> so, so like it was really easy because all I had to do was get to him. But, uh, uh, yeah, like it's it's like a full on like you mentioned like this Kevin Bacon thing. Like it's a legit yeah. running joke here in Nashville, like in our supporters group and whatnot. So so really quick, your Nashville Evertonians, uh, I. I watched a, a video you did and, and it was put out there. Uh, you said you have a new, you've got a new pub this season. What is, what is undefeated. it? Undefeated. Undefe- <laughs> There's a called undefeated. No. <laughs> the pub is undefeated itself. Yes. No, it's uh, actually, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of funny when you think about it because lost is in the word, but the new pub is the, the lost patty. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we were, we, we didn't have, we didn't have any sort of like regular meeting place right. for years and years and years and years. Like there weren't a ton of us and it just kind of fell out of the routine. And then I moved back here uh, about three years ago. And after about a year, I was like, I'm tired of this nomad stuff. Is anyone interested? And, uh, cause we would go to whatever team we were playing mm-hmm. and, I didn't, I don't like that, but it didn't totally bother me except for the Liverpool match because I refused to watch that match around Liverpool fans. But um, so I tried to see if there was enough interest. And so last year, I'm still looking for a bar because the thing about Nashville is that we've got some weird alcohol rules in the city. And so there's not really this out and out soccer bar. That's just always open in comparison Mm -hmm. to say like Atlanta where like half a dozen bars, you can go to at six in the morning and they're going to have the game. But uh, it sounds like your laws are a lot lot more like our laws and Atlanta is a little bit more like other places in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's it's already built into some of these bars that even even on their Sundays where they have a little tighter liquor laws, it's not that big a deal because they're already in the routine of opening up and then waiting for that for when the clock hits, whatever time it hits, and then they can just put out drinks. Right. So here we have a similar rules. Um and there's just nobody that's ever really tried to have an out and or I don't I can't say nobody, but for a while there hadn't been an out and out soccer bar. So I it got to the first weekend and I was like, all right, well, I'll find somewhere. Manchester United has a bar at the Franklin Abbey. It actually used to be a United Liverpool bar, which just sounds like a nightmare. That's, but ugh. but <laughs> I there's there's issues that were caused there and I won't touch them, but I'll just say Liverpool left. And so they didn't have another group there. And so, but I knew the folks there. And so I just sent them, like, hey, I got like 15, 16 people that want to be at the first match. Will you guys be open for us so we can just meet there? And, yeah. and to the, to Franklin Abbey's imminent credit, like they, they came to me after the match and they were just like, if you want us to be a bar, like we'll be your bar. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can guarantee, you know, 10, 15 people. Like I want to be able to say before I call somewhere a home bar that no matter what's going on, the bar is going to be open. Yeah. And they said, well, you can't have 10 or 15 more people until you have five or six. And I was like, I've been telling this to bar owners across Nashville for a year and they were totally down with it. And nice. so it was great. They put some of our stuff up on the wall. It was awesome. 
But then in true national fashion, and this happens everywhere, ownership of the bar change. We were actually in Franklin, um, so we didn't have to deal with it as much as we had some more stable ownership. But uh, other Premier League groups are moving every two or three years because right. the bar going city. And so different investors come in and leave. And yeah. and so, uh, you know, it was going pretty well. But then COVID hits, they got an offer, they sold the bar. And so we were kind of... It was it was a little worrisome because that was like a week or two before the season started. Uh, and fortunately, Lost Patty was open, and I had actually reached out to them before United did. But both us and United ended up at Lost Patty, <laughs> so we stayed together. Wow, uh, which is a little rough when we're when the two teams are playing. But we both hate Liverpool, so it, it, for the most part, we all get along. Yeah. And it's been it's been great. It's been great. They're uh, cool. Hopefully they'll they'll get our stuff up at some point. But honestly, they can leave it all down as long as Everton's winning every game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Jeez, that's awesome, man. That's I mean, it, it sounds like you're you're pretty. I I don't know. I I admire the fact that you take the reins on a situation like that. And you know what I mean. Like I, it's something that I've never been great at is just you know saying hey i want a place to gather and connect with my people and and to watch again and to reach out and like yeah that's just that's awesome man well like we're trying to do things a little bit different and i i you mentioned the the video i'm not sure how much made it into the final video and how much didn't but like we obviously this is an everton podcast so everyone here thinks that Everton is special and different than everyone else. It's just the way it works, and every club mm-hmm. feels the same way. But I do feel like there is a community focus with the mm-hmm. club. And I don't mean that as in, like, a community, Everton in the community, which is part of that. But, like, there's a genuine, like, fan-driven community. Mm-hmm. Family is, like, a, it's an overused cliche. But, like, there is that. So the idea was we had 100-some-odd people in this Facebook group so there's clearly enough people to get to yeah. house the pub. But we had to do a few things to make it worthwhile to them. One, we had to be open every week. And right. so that was my first goal. Two, we had to make it worthwhile to come out there. We had to make sure that people were going to be there, that they were going to feel included. So last year we go and we buy T-shirts and we buy our first run of scarves and, nice. and all that stuff. And we got we got to the point where we had a core group that I could depend on and mm-hmm. then always get a few more people in addition to that. And so now this year was kind of the next step. And it's unfortunate that we had to move pubs like, you know, right at the start of the year. And that's where we started this whole like premium member sort of setup, which I, I, (laughs) it's such a like stupid phrase, like premium member or whatever, but I didn't want people to, to feel that they couldn't be, an Evertonian uh, unless they bought a membership. Right. Membership was just a way of giving us, you know, some, some money to do stuff with, but also like, to me, it's a way of measuring someone's like engagement level. Mm -hmm. So like, if you give me $25 and I take that $25 to do this thing, more than likely you're going to want to be involved in this thing. True. Like, it's great. You get the scarf. Uh, we actually do, uh, and this is part of that, we actually do our, our little, you know, our little membership card. Nice. Let's get a better angle <laughs> on that. So, um, 
so like you want to feel you're going to naturally feel more involved even if you weren't originally and you didn't have plans and you just wanted the scarf like there's that draw to it yeah and of course. so it's it's kind of a theory i don't i we've had good numbers but the team's winning so it'll be a real test on the people's involvement if that ever stops and we hope it never stops but uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of trying to test that out and and you know we, we like we're going to do a jersey giveaway um, for the Liverpool match where everyone who bought a membership is already in the drawing. Right. And then we're going to sell, you know, entries at, on match day. And we're going to do something like that every month. Like we're doing a giveaway every single month. Nice. The money from the memberships goes towards. But like uh, I've talked with, you know, we have all of these Everton group leads that are working together and there's only a few of us that charge membership fees. And like my dad is, you know, member of a German social club back home, the Germanian, mm-hmm. or like my grandfather was in the Eagles and, you know, whatever. And like these sort of social clubs are kind of a big thing in America. Like I want folks to feel that sort of draw. Yeah. Not just we're going to go watch the match, but like these are my fellow, you know, Everton. Right and we all carry the same card and we have our stupid mm-hmm. traditions or whatever and then that makes me feel more engaged which in turn could bring rest of my family in or could make me feel more connected to the team on tv that i may never see in person so like that's kind of the that's kind of the, the whole idea that started last year and trying to build on it and make it a bigger yeah. thing that is different from what other supporters like and i don't mean other everton supporters groups i mean other like premier league supporters groups do like what can we do that's different from them so that people go you know i'm looking for a club but they look like there's something right. different going on there and that's what i want so this is really fascinating information because i and you've kind of gone into an interesting area here talking about uh, kind of the philosophy behind how your supporters group is run. And it's something we haven't really uh, gone into a very, very often. And I think that's, that is fascinating. I love, I love it because there's going to be people out there who are thinking, well, I'd like to start a supporters group in, I don't know, Booger Hollow, wherever you live, you may want to, you know, and to be able to hear these kinds of viewpoints uh, and get ideas is always a good thing. You know? And the thing for me is that it's scalable. Like, yeah, if I have, a hundred members next year, you know, then I can do more cool stuff or I can, I know a lot of people, this is where it's a little bit more controversial. A lot of people take their excess money and put that going towards like Everton, the community, which is great. I have no problem with that. But like, I want to take that money and put it into my group or Mm -hmm. into local things so that we can make our group bigger so that a year from now, I can give a more substantial amount of money to something that we want to do. Right. Um, as opposed to kicking off a hundred or two hundred dollars here and there, which I am not judging them on that. Like I don't right. want anyone to take that wrong. But like, um, but if I had a group of ten people, it's ten people. You know, depending on what I would charge, but let's say twenty five dollars, it's still two hundred fifty bucks. That mm-hmm. maybe that's not enough to do scarves for ten people because no one will do a run of scarves for ten people. But you can do shirts. You can do, yeah. and and that's the that's kind of the model that I think people in smaller areas can think about. Like, well, it, anybody can find 
five or six friends, hopefully. And, mm-hmm. and like those five or six friends can find a couple more people. And suddenly you've got your own little group. It yeah. only takes 10 people to be officially recognized by the club. So, you know, like there, there's, there's ways of doing that no matter how small you are, no matter how big you are. And that's, and that was kind of the idea because when we started, I didn't know how, pe- how many people were going to sign up. Right. You know, I hoped that 25 people would sign up. And fortunately, like I'm almost sold out of everything and that's around 50 and my goal was 40. Yeah. So like, so that's, that's the hope is that, you know, next year I'll, you know, it'll be 60 or 70 and the year after that it'll be like a hundred. Do you think uh, Nashville getting an MLS franchise has, uh, do you think it's, it's about the same amount of support for the sport in the city or do you think it's, getting people more interested in the sport and they're getting more interested in premier league as well. Or, I mean, cause you've been in the Nashville soccer scene for a while, the Tennessee yeah. soccer scene for a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty involved with the MLS stuff. And before that, the USL stuff, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and plug this while I'm here. Pharmaceutical soccer. It's on uh, 102.5 The Game in Nashville. It's also on every podcast. And then I run Nashville Soccer Archive, which is a historical uh, website. But I've gone to that though, by the way. I, oh, thank I, you. I, I checked uh, out and read read some of the stories on that. Fun fact: uh, Na- Nashville Diamonds, first first club in history. They're uh, first. They were called the worst ever professional team by a guy named by Rodney Marsh, who. Who Americans will recognize, uh, and English people, but but he's on Sirius Radio every day. Uh-huh. Rodney Marsh was the coach of the Carolina Lightning, and Carolina lost that first game to Nashville 2-0, and then Nashville won one more game before the end of the season where they won via forfeit. They went th- they went like 3-21-4. They were awful, awful. National Soccer Archive is the only people, there's the only website on the internet that has all that information. So, uh, a lot of time, but uh, I was going to say, if you haven't figured it out, everybody, uh, he's a uh, Clay is a sports historian, uh, and he's 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 bringing the deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird tangent, but as far as far as like Everton and fitting into the local scene here, you can't say it, it's hurt. Right, I, I do. I do think. In a lot of ways, these are operating in two different worlds. Right. Uh, I, I think that the Premier League groups, for the most part, there are certain clubs that don't feel like supporting local soccer, and I'll leave it at that. Um, for the most part, uh, all of our members are very involved. Right. And one of the things that was going to be really cool that we were going to do is we were going to have nashville evertonian like tailgates at nsc matches yeah and i would say of our like active members over half of them are season ticket holders for the local team uh and so we were going to be like you know going out there and you know have all our blue and then the game and then right before we go in switch into this like weird color of yellow that we call gold and uh and then go in and support the local team so you can't say that that they're not intertwined on some level but i i do feel like there's a divide there that hopefully you know we'll see i think interest in the sport is pretty high i think interest in the sport has been high but it hasn't necessarily been um in communities that were watching premier league matches right so 
it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting thing to because you see this in every I think in every city like there's people that aren't going to support the local team whether it's USL or MLS or whatever mm-hmm. and so uh, the hope is that the general interest in the sport will lead people to look for a Premier League team but right. we're also in the southeast like people are going to be interested in the sport because it says they say Nashville on their shirt and they'll go watch that game and then they'll go back to caring about University of Tennessee or mm-hmm. Alabama or Vanderbilt in theory. <laughs> um, but but uh, at Middle Tennessee where I work, MTSU, yeah. yeah go but um, the I think that there's a, there's a little bit of a divide. I know a lot of people that are Nashville SC fans that have no interest in selecting a, or following a Premier League team. That wow. NSC, they got their designated part of the year, and then they go into Titan season and, and Preds season. Preds is the hockey team. Hockey team, yeah. And then it's back into NSC. And yeah. so it's it's very much, as weird as it is, though, it's very much a hockey city first. Like, the Preds run everything around here. Really? Didn't see that coming. Oh, man. Like, wow. it's nuts. After they made that Stanley Cup run, like, I mean, it's... The Titans, now that the Titans are, they're playing right now, uh, but now that the Titans have been decent the last few years, they're starting to reclaim yeah. that, that level that they held. But no, you will see, you're going to see more Pred stuff in town than anything. I mean, college sports is a different is a different story, but like you're going to see more Pred stuff in town than basically anything else. Right on. Uh, okay. Wow, I didn't see that coming. That's crazy. Um, so uh, tell you what, I'm gonna get to more some uh, some more of your your Everton knowledge and your Everton opinions and your experiences on that later because I wanna I wanna go ahead and sink into the into everything and then maybe as a transition because you just have a lot of cool stories I want to get into. I um, uh, but. Um, so anyway, we will just so everybody knows the way this is going to work. We're going to talk a little bit of international uh, soccer, football, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's not going to be exactly what you would expect. Um, kind of, I guess it's more of our opinions on international football, soccer. I want to talk about that. Going to go into the mailbag. We have some interesting quest- questions. Uh, one really made my brow fur- furrow, and so trust me, I'm re- I'm so psyched to see Clay's reaction to the uh, the question that Shogun underscore 1993 has provided us with here. Trust me, buddy, it's different. And uh, we're gonna do a derby preview. Got to talk about that. Just a little, you know, just a little match happening this weekend. No yeah. big deal. Um, so just playing some fifth place team, right? So, yeah. uh, whatever. So anyway, let's move on. Let's talk. That's an awful toss, Jerry. International football. So got a question for you, man. And you you talked a little bit earlier about uh, your favorite team, you know, or your local, Nashville. If they were playing against a big team, you probably wouldn't want it to happen because you'd be worried. It'd be, uh, you know, a game that wouldn't really affect your team much, and it would be good for the for the status but maybe not really good for the logic of it, good for the functionality of it. So think about bringing that kind of thought into international football break. International break, we've got players like Pickford, DCL, James, Yerimina, uh, these players that are starters, 
going out and playing for the international teams, right? And one of them, rumored to have been injured already, <laughs> Yuri Mina apparently has some discomfort. And yeah. it's funny, when you read all the translations, for some reason it says she has discomfort in her whatever. It's just kind of funny because the, you know... They're lost in translation, but uh, but yeah, so we Yarimina possibly injured for this weekend, uh, because of international football. And I gotta be honest, personally, dude, whenever I see our people like DCL getting his first first gig for England, I'm like, yes, he deserved it a long time ago. How was Solanke getting those? And he's not, thank you, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, but. But at the same time, it's like, oh, don't get hurt. Please wrap them in bubble wrap. Do not let them you know, let them play. Let them score. Get them out now, right? What's your vibes on that? And then I want to talk about uh, Evertonian's uh, England opinions. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, especially if it's like a friendly. Um, you know, Alex Wobie's not like the most important player to Everton, but he's playing in a friendly with Nigeria, and it's just like, it, the the one thing I'm more worried about than injuries is is COVID. Oh, that's a, so like, yeah, that's a huge concern. How yeah, did I so that up? so <laughs> I know that not everyone who's watching this is an MLS fan, but like Raul Ruiz Diaz is a massive player for Seattle yes, Sounders. For Seattle, yeah. Seattle didn't want to let him go um, to go down to I think he's with Peru, um, he is. but. They didn't want to let him go because the season's going on because MLS didn't take a break because they're a weird league and that's just the way it is. And so he goes down there and he gets COVID in Peru. So now he has to he has to quarantine in Peru and then quarantine when he gets back. So they're going to lose him for three weeks. Yeah. And and so, you know, guy picks up an injury, you know, it's just it is what it is. Like um, U.S. national team fans can identify with this. U.S. teams have seen players get bad injuries and then they aren't there for the national team. So we've had sort of the inverse of that yep. as American fans, but like, you know, it, it reminds me, what was it? Four or five years ago, it seemed like every time Everton sends someone to the Irish national team, whether it's McCarthy or Coleman or whoever, they always came back hurt. Yeah. And it was always this thing between Roy Keane when he was the assistant for Ireland and Kuman and they were just yelling at each other via press conference clips. And and it's just like they always came back hurt. Yeah. And so I, I feel like Everton has a has a history of this. Now you hope I've seen some people say the Yerry Mina thing was more precautionary. Um and, fortunately, and it did not say he just said discomfort and they said we were, you know, so you it could be just and that's it. He felt weird. And, yeah. And if he's the only one that comes back hurt. I feel pretty pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just signed another center back, you know. Two yeah. weeks ago, they've been bad, but you know, like it's a little, it's a, it's not as bad right now. I just want Hamas to come back healthy because everyone knows his history, uh, and obviously Richarlison. Richarlison starting two weeks ago or a week ago, whenever that was, I was very worried about Richarlison not being available. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, so he's starting tonight, and they're playing, I guess, right now. I'd assume. So that's a good sign, but also like sub him off like five minutes into the game and yeah. send him back to England. But Please, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, I feel like Americans maybe have a different view on the international break than some other places. 
we're not playing right now, so it doesn't matter because the right. country's on fire. But uh, and metaphorically and in some cases literally. Yeah. Um, but like for a lot of us over here, the national team was our on ramp to the sport, like to following the sport. And so the national team has this like over importance to a lot of American fans and we wouldn't. And so like we like an international side is really, really important. But then like to a lot of Evertonians, you know, the, especially the, we're scouts, not English variety. (laughs) Like, like, no, no international breaks ever. So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I I will say this, like I used to hate when they, when they go to international break, because it always felt like it came at a bad time. Yeah. Like every time it's just like if if it is the the precise wrong time to go to an international break, like when your team's won however many games in a row, that's when it's gonna hit. Yep. So uh I'm I'm just I think for every, all of us we just took a deep breath and we're just holding it in until everyone gets back to Liverpool. Yeah. I remember uh doing some shows with uh you know, Terry, Max uh paul i'm trying to remember who else it was a it was a group of guys david was maybe when david hughes was doing stuff with us too and uh we had a conversation about about world cup and about pickford's play in the world cup and i was i was like so you guys must be psyched y'all are doing great and they were kind of like yeah we're all right (laughs) And, and i'm just sitting there thinking I was ecstatic watching, you know, I, I cheered like hell when, when Pickford's making those saves, you know, against Columbia of all the teams who knew it's like, we'd end up with a couple of those players, you know, but uh, you know, it's interesting when I, when we had a conversation about it and one of the things they were talking about is it's sort of like the, uh, the English national team is, has sort of like continually, like disrespected Everton by not selecting our players over and over and over again. And in other clubs would get, you know, lesser players are getting selected and getting caps just because they happen to be from that club and they may not even be in form. And so, and it seemed like if there was a huge, there was a divide between some Everton supporters and, and I don't mean to say all, uh, but some Everton supporters and, uh, and the English national team. Um, and I think some people got ticked off when they were saying England's number one for Pickford, <laughs> like at the Everton games or saying some people were like, what is that? And at first I didn't understand it. I was like, what's, I don't understand. He is right. But then when you start learning more about like the, the bad vibes, you know, the, the stuff that's not completely like, Hey, let's go team go kind of thing. It's just not that mentality based on years and years of like history, right? Well, and it's not just it's not just soccer related either or football related. For there's know. that, there's that. Yeah. So <laughs> I, there's there's a it, it, it's a what's to to paraphrase a uh, a saying from when I was growing up. It's deeper than rap. So <laughs> um, it, it, it's. I, I, from the outside looking in, you know, I'm just a dude from Indiana, but like, I feel like there's, it's a multifaceted 
thing specifically with people in Liverpool, but, you know, generally between (laughs) Everton and England and representing England and so on and so forth. It was really interesting to learn about that, though, you know, because I, you know, it's cool because usually Toffee Blues guys, there's, you know, when one of our, one of our, our guys does something great, they'll message me and Jacob and be like, hey, check out this U.S. National. And I'm like, yes, I love that guy, you know. You know, the fact that they're talking talking Pulisic with me, I'm just like, yeah, it'd be great if he wasn't playing for Chelsea. You know yeah. what I mean? And now I have to hate everything he does. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's just, you know, it, it's just interesting that it's, uh, you know, they don't, they don't really, they're not arsed about watching every game. You know, yeah. and our national team plays. I'm like, I usually, I'm like, I try to watch it. It's just a different attitude yeah. toward it, you know? I, I don't know. It's, for me, it's more about the players than it is about the team. And honestly, like, the U.S. national team is kind of that point with me, too. Uh-huh. Um, not because of anything they do. There's a, there's a specific type of U.S. fan that mm-hmm. drives me nuts, and uh, it makes it sometimes hard to to go all in uh but but yeah it's it's wild like this is a really cool time to be a to be a fan it's not the first time a lot of people a lot of people in the u.s only started following the national team in 2014 and it sort of irks me this is not the first time the u.s had a bunch of players playing for big clubs it's it's not the first time it's happened but uh it is still nonetheless cool like Mm -hmm. to see these guys from all over the world that are you know, playing for clubs that are huge and, you know, none of, none of them are playing for clubs bigger than Everton. So it doesn't really matter. It's also, it's also cool that we can actually watch them too, though. That is another thing that is cool about now is, you know, number one, I rarely have to miss any Everton game for any reason, which is awesome. But if I want to watch, you know, Weston McKinney, when he was playing for Schalke, I could watch almost every Bundesliga game I wanted to, which is awesome. I want to watch Werder Bremen. You know, I, I, I can do it. You know, it's I, I can watch all these young American players in these leagues, which is neat. I couldn't I didn't used to be able to to do that as much now, you know, or as I used yeah. to. They, they've made it a whole lot more expensive over here in the U.S. the last couple of years to do it. But we're going to have to talk day, about that, too, dude. Got to talk about the day, that. We can watch not only Everton more than a lot of English Everton fans. We can watch the entire Premier League way easier than most people in England. And it's that way with the Bundesliga. It's that way with La Liga. It's that way with uh, Ligue 1 and, yeah. you know, uh, everybody. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's Syria, obviously. Yeah. So it, it's a really – it used to be when it would get to Saturday or Sunday and I'm trying to track – you know, how the Americans are doing when I was a little more invested in that. Like, I could sit down and I'd be like, okay, this game, this game, this game, this game, and then I'm done. Now, like, if I wanted to do that, I would have to have DVR, I'd have to have multiple monitors, I'd have to have, like, all this set up, and there's no way I can do it. And that part is really kind of cool. In addition to, like, a lot of them that are playing either – near the end of their career or near the beginning of their career here in MLS. So it's like, it, it's hard. It's, it's exhausting to try and see how everyone's doing. So it's much, much a weirder job for the folks with the, the national setup. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, 
Yeah, when I heard DCL got got the call up, I was I was pretty excited. I, oh, was, I, was, I was excited too. for him. You know, you read that read that post that his dad made, and you're like, now I'm cutting onions. Oh. Boy, <laughs> the, the, so good. He's rocking the flat cap, and he said he was. Yeah, yeah. He says his grandfather is because the big dad. Like, yeah. For me, it's less about England, like cool, whatever, but. Um, as a fan, I'm a fan of his. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a joke with another person around here who's not an Evertonian that we're the DCL hive because she's a massive DCL fan. But like, uh, I know how much it meant to him. Yeah. And I'm a fan of his. So therefore, it's awesome that he made yeah. the team. Yeah. But like, that the, the fact that he made it, I guess, doesn't matter as much as knowing that it meant a lot to him. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I, I do watch a heck of a lot less international football when the U.S. national team is not playing. I realized I watched very little this past week. Very little. Um, so, yeah. And I was pissed there was no Everton. Right now, when we're in a good streak, don't take that away, you heartless yeah. jerks. Well, it's it's funny. <laughs> like, uh, it's hard for me to watch, you know, these sorts of games that are spread out. Yeah. But, like, when the U.S. isn't playing in a major tournament, unfortunately, like the last World Cup, that World Cup was so much fun to watch because I had no <laughs> stress. I, no that was a different – le- you're right. That was a different type of feeling. You're right. Like, but that was World Cup, and those games had, like, some impact. Like, this past week, I was just like, meh. Well, you like, know? when the U.S. is playing in that, like, even when they're not playing, like, it's existential dread on the days between matches. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is so, fair. Like, there's like whatever like i hope pickford does well i hope uh you know i had a joke with a buddy of mine like who are you rooting for in the world cup everton so senegal england yep (laughs) yep like whatever but uh i still much would much rather the usb in it but man there was some level of stress-free watching that was really enjoyable yeah i definitely understand that uh so anyway to sum up if you have to do this or this to international soccer, you got to go one or the other. What are you doing? This right now, this in the summer. <laughs> That's not fair. I got to be honest, as a personal, as my personal thing, I, I've always just said this because it's really interesting. I like to see the different identities of players for their countries and the personalities of their countries on the field. I do like that. I do think right now, cool, though, like geopolitical stories too. Like, yeah, with the the whole like Switzerland when they beat Albania and the guy who scored was the Kosovo, and you know, like, yeah. I'm not gonna say his name because he plays for Liverpool, but like, like you get these like weird geopolitical stories, and th- that part's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, but you're right about... Uh, about uh, and, and I'm saying all this just in general, regardless of COVID, because I right now I'm like, why are we doing that when COVID's going on? So I have to... Yeah, but overall, I have to do this. It's my personality. I, I feel like I, on the whole, I do like the idea of international soccer. I do. It just happens. But um, yeah, anyway, okay. Moving on. Mailbag. We've got some questions from one from Twitter and a few from Reddit. Uh, okay. we, have to, we have to start. Uh, let's see here. 
Uh, let's start with Paul's question. Paul, uh, Paul McAllister, uh, as I always say, he's one half of the Brothers McAllister. He comes on, uh, he contributes to the Toffee Blues often, and he's usually coming through with a really good question every single week. So this week is no exception. Clay, if there's one player that played for Everton, he he didn't see play, but you wish you had based on all the brilliant stuff that other Evertonians have told you about, who would it be? Now, Paul's was Peter Reed. He said he'd love to see Peter Reed running our title-winning title midfield. But who's your answer? Yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, anybody from whatever the team was actually winning would be great. Um <laughs> The obvious one is is Dixie Dean, of course, but right. but for me, and this is kind of fitting, considering all the Hummel stuff that's been going on this year, mm. is you know I want to see Alan Ball. Nice, like you know, like I don't have any sort of frame of reference other than you know things I've seen and like heard people say. There's not really a whole lot I've been able to see, so. Like, I want to see that. I want to see the Holy Trinity, like, as they mm-hmm. played, you know, instead of as a statue or yeah. on British Pathé clips or whatever. Like, <laughs> so uh, everybody from the, like, everybody from the 80s team would probably count. I mean, I'm going to go with that with one, obviously, being in the U.S., being an MLS fan, I'd never got to see Adrian Heath as a player, and he was oh, on. Yeah, and, you know he's coach. He's coached now in the league. He's coached yeah. there for a long time, so that would be a cool one as well. Yeah, it would. Uh, I having had Tony on from the Chicago Evertonians and the EFC Fans Forum, he talked up Graham Sharp a lot. I on his recommendation, I went and watched some YouTube. And holy crap, the roar that this guy evoked from some of those crazy volleys and these one-touch the finishes. Liverpool is That's yes. legendary. Oh, holy God. I went back, you know, and so, yeah, that's the one I really wish I'd seen in person. Just hearing the, the crowd, the fact that there's no way he should be finishing these. And he is. That's, that's my answer. Uh, and also it comes on a... Uh, highly recommended from Tony on that one. So I'm, I'm going to say Graham Sharp on that one. Um, and he does media. So there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, okay, Reddit questions. You ready for these? Yep. Uh, so uh, do a little bit more rap- rapid fire. Uh, Fall to dude. I don't know how to pronounce that. Says, who was better for us, Lennon or Bill Yeletdenoff? Ooh. That's a, I am this is entirely incorrect. But I love Denny Arbelia Letinov. That dude scored that dude scored bangers. <laughs> and he had a fun name to say. Yes, uh, yeah. But but, uh, but yeah, I don't know I don't know that he was a better player. <laughs> but but I'll tell you what, some of those goals, I mean, yeah. that's that's my guy. you know those those moyes everson teams right like there's not a ton of quality for some of them like they were fun to watch because they were scrappy and they were hard to beat but like some of those guys like 
what uh Dennis Strackalersi. The Strack. I knew you were gonna yeah. go with the Strack. Yeah, feed the Strack. Like the dude's not a great player at all, but you know you, you still gotta love him. So, so I, I'm gonna go with Billy Legendov, knowing that it's probably incorrect. I am gonna go with Aaron Lennon because uh, I, he's the one I've seen more of. I've seen him play more, and I feel like it would be really uh, insincere for me to go. Oh, let me say the one I that has a cooler name that is more of a cult figure in the yeah. club. You know what I mean? A- I just Aaron can't. Lennon, uh, Billy Ladinov doesn't have the memes. Aaron <laughs> Lennon had the sad, the sad memes. The angry, the angry, yeah. so mad. Oh, yeah, yeah, that mad face. It was a good one. Uh, plus, the more I got to know uh, know about Aaron Lennon, he just seems like a super class guy. Yeah. So I, anyway, I hate Tottenham. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's one that you have to answer, and I cannot because you have been to Goodison. When did what year did you go to Goodison? I went Boxing Day in 2013. It was the first trip. What was the what was the game? <laughs> it's depressing as hell. Uh, so in my first game, Everton hadn't lost a home game in a year. Um, they were playing 20th in the table, Sunderland. It was. <laughs> scheduled strategically and tim howard got a red card i remember uh, this it, like 10 minutes in 15 minutes in whatever it was i feel like it gets closer to being in every passing year but um and everton like dominated the game a man they down. dominated it with a man down yes yeah, I remember they lost this game. one nil and you were at that yeah that was my first game i was very very upset it was cool like it's still good, you know, like I still was there, but um I had I'm to doing, rearrange I'm doing right now and giving you a hug through the computer like, because I am so sorry. I think the That's... guy from the Utah group has gone over like three or four times and hasn't seen him score. It's something crazy. <laughs> oh, that game, that was one of the most frustrating games I've ever seen in my life. I mean, what oh, hair I'm missing, I pulled out on that day. Well, just... <laughs> so uh, I mentioned this earlier before we were recording, but that was part of a longer trip that was like yeah. nine games in uh, 16 days. And so originally I was going to be going a few days later yeah. to Arsenal at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And because I was trying to see a lot of places and I'd spent a week in Liverpool and I kind of, you know, did everything I wanted to do. I would like to go to more matches, but I didn't know if I'd ever go over again. So I was originally going to see Arsenal at Newcastle yeah. uh, with a buddy of mine who's an Arsenal fan. And um, I completely threw it off the table. Not going to, I, I did not go all the way to not see Everton score a goal. And so I came back a few days later, and that was Southampton at Everton, which was a great game. And mm-hmm. Seamus Coleman scored one of his best goals. The, Shame, the the Swansea goal was probably his best goal, but this, this was right there with it. Yeah. Um, from a really tight angle. And then Lukaku scored the winner. And then I actually, uh, you know, it's it's probably a kid's thing to most people in Liverpool, but I got to meet both of them after the game. Okay, I would have geeked out over that too, man. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I, I got a photo with them. <laughs> and so... So I was very happy that I made that decision. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got to see a win. I got to see two goals. And I actually got to meet the goal scorers. 
So, like, maybe losing to, to Sunderland was sort of all right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember, we were in the mix for top four until the last month of the season, so yeah. those three points surely could have helped. Yes, it would have. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> okay, well, that's actually one of the reasons why I asked you to, because I was hoping you, that would prompt that story. So, accomplished. All right, so, <laughs> uh, but uh, Wargeep, I don't know how to say that, because you've been there, what's the most popular pie on the Gladys? Oh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to answer that one. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? You, you didn't I, have a pie? Honestly, like I don't. I, we talked about this. I don't drink. Uh huh. And like I'm so locked into the sights and sounds that like you I don't wasn't pie like, either. No. No pie. Oh man. Okay, so. You, you, you have know, to remember, like... I was so hoping that you could fill that void on that one because I was just going to have to BS my way through it and go, Apple, it's apple pie. It's everybody's <laughs> favorite. I feel bad I didn't do it, but, like, you know, there's a lot going through my mind. I'm there by myself. Like, you know, I'm trying to figure things out. I didn't feel like waiting in a concession line my oh, hey, potential hey. time. To this to this particular question, uh, Toffee Blues John was like, "Well, we'll be talking to two American guys, so I don't know if we're going to get much feedback on that one." I was so crossing my fingers that you would have an answer. <laughs> so, so the answer, War Goop, is apple. It's apple pie. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, it's probably something more like beef. I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> so. Uh, I, I gotta save one for the last. So, M- Melo Melo's OSRS has asked, "How has how hard is it for American Toffees to watch games live? Do you have to reschedule your sleeping habits prior to the game?" So, uh, in the Eastern Standard Time, I am fortunate that the earliest a game could possibly be in the morning is seven thirty, as it is this Saturday. You can you can get a couple seven a.m.s on Sundays. Oh, that's right. There's every every once in a while. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but usually it's about ten a.m. on Saturdays on an average. That's the typical time for most games, which I guess is three p.m. for uh, British folks. Um, I haven't had to mess around a lot with my sleeping schedule, uh, but the people in like the Midwest and the people on the West Coast. I mean, for them, that 7.30 time in California is going to be like, what, 4.30? Is that right? That uh, yeah. That's awful. I'm sorry. It's not great. California. Not great. I, um, I'm a little bit of an early riser, but I'm a, I'm a not an early get-out-of-bed person, if that mm. makes sense. I'm always up. Mm. But, but uh, now that I run this group, I make all of them. So uh, it's... It's rough. The the part that sucks for me is whether it was Franklin Abbey or whether it's the new place, mm-hmm. uh, Lost Patty. Like I ha- I still have a forty minute drive there. Right. So uh, I usually joke that it's dark and early. Like yeah, let's go. It's dark and early. It's so I'm leaving the house uh, at 
a lot of times 5:30. Yeah, because you are you're having to you're in a different scenario because you're driving a ways to get there. Yeah, that is different. Yeah. So it's so the 6:30 is actually feels a lot earlier um, to me personally. Like my alarm for Saturday is going to be set for probably 4:30, 4:45 because I'll mm-hmm. get up and get ready for the day and then drive in because I'm not take- coming back taking a nap because like I'll either be really depressed or unbelievably happy. So like either way, I'm not going to sleep. Yeah, dude, I 4am last time I saw 4am. One of my boys was like an infant crying in the middle of the night. (laughs) I don't remember 4am. It was awful. The last world cup, the last world (laughs) cup. uh, I am a massive, massive, massive Tim Cahill fan. Like, and that was another you know, question I was going to prompt. So I'm yeah, glad you got to it. He's, yeah. He's playing in his last World Cup. Like, I want to watch him. I want to watch Australia. I have, um, we talked about it off air, but I worked in college sports for a long time. I have like Australian athletes I used to cover. And, and so I want to watch. And then Australia is playing France at the last World Cup at 5 a.m. Oh my gosh. And I was able to convince Franklin Abbey to open up early. But that meant I had to be up at three in order to be there, <laughs> you know, in order to get up and get going. And then that was the first of four games, so I was up. But, man, mm-hmm. those – I don't know how the folks in California do it because that one that one off time when I had to be there at five in the morning, it was hard. And yeah. I can't imagine doing it, you know, every few weeks. Um, one other thing, there's a different – thing to mention about how hard it is for Americans to watch games live. Uh, uh, you need a basic or not a basic, you need a cable provider of some form to watch NBC sports, to watch a lot of them. Then to watch the ones that aren't televised, you need Peacock because that's an NBC affiliate that basically it's the app version that allows you to watch the games that aren't televised. And they're putting more of those games on Peacock to make you buy Peacock right now. So that's a monthly rate. ESPN Plus, if you want FA Cup and League Cup matches. And if for some reason you're like, I just care about Champions or Europa League, CBS All Access. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like we we've gone backwards because I used to buy Fox Soccer when that was a thing. Yeah. Which is now Fox Sports 2. And, you know, when when NBC first got the package, it was every single game was on cable. It was amazing. You just had to go with these added channels they put there. And you're like, oh, I'm not on the main channel, but I'm on this other channel. It's really easy. They do games on like if there were a bunch of big games, there'd be games on USA. There'd be games on CNBC. There'd be games on NBC proper. Yep. And, you know, I get what they're doing. I will give them credit. I will take Peacock over this People don't agree with this, but I don't understand how. I'll take Peacock over NBC Sports Gold every day of the week because I can get a bunch of TV. I'm big. I love this TV show Psych, so I can get all of Psych. Oh, plus... AP Bio's on there too. Yeah, yeah. AP plus Bio's a good the... show. So whatever. That's it. Costs the same as Gold, so I'm not going to uh-huh. complain about that too much. Uh, you know, everyone's got a login for cable, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and then ESPN Plus. Now this is the one thing that I that that I really like. ESPN Plus has like half of Europe, so like yes. and and a lot of uh, smaller American teams. 
Yeah, all well. the USL, League One, and Championship. College uh, games? Yeah. Yeah. The, the college games are a big deal to me. And you yeah, me too. Well, but, yeah. Uh, like, so I don't, I don't have too many problems with it because I don't buy cable. So yeah. I can get most of the games paying. I do have CBS All Access because I was watching – I was watching NWSL on that over the summer as well, so I just kept mm-hmm. active. But uh, so that's what all together you're looking at five, ten, twenty bucks a month, maybe. So, yeah, it's better than paying fifteen pounds for a one pay per view game like they're doing to yeah to fans in England. I'll, I'll that's say one that. of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to mention this is because I've seen on Twitter a lot of people are asking questions and talking about this this pay-per-view nonsense that they're doing. It's kind of just disrespectful to the fans. Uh, but yeah, and and you know, I don't I'm not a huge fan of the way they do it here, but honestly, I just don't like missing a game and I don't like crappy streams. They irritate me to no end when I'm sitting there and it's pausing every 3 seconds. So yeah. The thing that sucks about Peacock is they rolled it out before they were on every app. Yeah. So, like, you couldn't use Peacock on Amazon. Uh, you couldn't use it on... I can't uh, use it on my Roku player. It's not... They don't have a agreement. Breaking news. Apparently, Richarlison just scored and then got subbed off for Everton. Uh, what? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, the Brazilian player, Everton. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. I was like, hold on. I'm so confused. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful, Sorry. Beautiful. But, beautiful. like... Um, it was only before every app. I didn't know it because I have Apple TV. So yeah. I was like, Peacock's great. Like, I don't have any issues with it. And then I got to the pub, and I couldn't yeah. get it to work on Chromecast, and I couldn't get it to work on on Amazon. And so we just did some workaround that may or may not, you know, is what it is. But <laughs> but now it's all now it's all square, and we're all good. But it, it's, it's one of those things, like, why would you roll that out before, before you're ready? Yeah. It just makes people hate your pay your service yeah yeah it was anyway i'm the way they're they're getting you all locked into peacock i don't mind i'm glad there's some value with it you know but still it's sometimes you gotta do the workarounds wink wink nudge nudge say no more say no more all right so uh so that's uh, okay there's one last mailbag question enjoy this one from shogun underscore 1993 Shag, Mary, kill, Richarlison, DCL, or Hamas, and Hamas. Good luck to you on this one, sir. <sighs> well, this is if you're just tuning in, that's a stunned silence that Clay is getting. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like what I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Uh, there is no, there is, there is, there is no expected response on this. That uh, you don't have to say, you know. It, I I've been trying to figure out wh- which iteration of this. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Like I asked, I asked John Toppy Blues John. I was like, "Hey, should I do the Shag Mary Kill question?" He's like, "Yes, it'll be a laugh." So, yes. Uh, it's... Well, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say. Like. Because I, I don't, well, I don't want to kill anybody, but also, like, it's not really my thing. So it's like, I don't know, I'd marry DCL because I'm a DCL fan, I guess. That's good. That's good. Uh, That's a start. That's a start. You know, 
I'll, I'll wait to see what Richarlison thinks in the offseason to decide whether or not he gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> if one of them's not an Everton player a year from now, it may, I mean, it makes it makes it very easy to me. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I don't, I don't like the idea of saying kill. Can we replace kill with, like, place in a plastic bubble so no one else can touch them? Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. I feel like... I feel like that's. I don't. I love all these guys. Yeah. I'm gonna marry like, all three of them. Boom. Yeah, it's for well, different I, reasons. They all seem like they would be like great providers, and <laughs> you know, I feel like yeah. yeah. I, I feel like DCL would split the short, split the chores. Yeah. I see. I feel like I feel like Hamas would. You know what I mean? Thomas uh, uh, seems like the guy who just who just be like, you know what, man? He's coming I'll, from Real Madrid. I'll, I'll like, take out the trash. It's cool. Oh, you think? You think he's yeah. not used to it? Ah, DCL, a- you know, he's taking his hat off when he meets the England manager. You know, you know who has done whatever he has to do in order to succeed? Richarlison. Yeah, he's done every little. The guy had to sit there and take. You know, all kinds you of know, trips to get on a club to go to trials. That that dude, he'll make sure you're okay. John Mulaney, a comedian yeah. that's a great comedian, has oh, a yeah. bit about his wife fighting for him at an airport for his rights as a as a traveler about you know Delta or whatever. Like Richarlison is that sort of dude. Richarlison's gonna fight for you. Yeah. So I, I could see it. I'm marrying all three, and I'm not answering the other two. <laughs> Okay. All right. That is that is a it is an out. Uh, <laughs> I will say. Yeah, I'm. I I you convinced me that I shouldn't do the kill thing. So. Yeah. Let's just. We'll just leave it at that. Here's uh, the only problem with putting all three of them in a plastic bubble is they can't play for Everton anymore. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to pass to each other in a plastic bubble. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's you're sort of uh, playing a lot of solo game, if you will. Yeah, which. Which, to be fair, DCL and Richarlison had to do under Marco Silva. So, but James loses a lot of his effectiveness uh, if you if you do that. Yeah, this is a tough this is a tough question. Um, let's see here. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually answer the question. Except I'm gonna change I'm gonna change kill to place in a plastic bubble. All right. I'm gonna say Mary Richarlison. All right. Uh, I can't, I, I feel bad about saying shag just cause, you know, I feel like it's misleading about, about who I am as a person. So how about give a really great, big affectionate hug to, uh, <laughs> to DCL. And I would put Hamas in a bubble so no one else could have him. Yeah. I don't want anyone. Here's the deal. I, I don't want anybody else. I don't want him playing for anybody else. He's ours. I just want to keep him like that. Okay. So he yeah. can't get hurt that way. Yeah. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, there's just let's just keep him there. You know, no more. Good God, the goal he scored for Colombia! What the hell? He's doing yeah. that just like you could have gotten hurt, man. So yeah. Anyway, let's move on. That's the end of the mailbag. I told you, I told you, you wouldn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to say either, and I knew the darn question an hour before we came on. All right, so Darby preview. Um, so Merseyside Derby is this weekend. Um, Everton's got a, got a little game against the fifth place team in the premier league. Um, 
self-awareness FC, furlough FC, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they got nine points, uh, 3-0-1 three, oh in the old uh, in the Premier League. Their previous two matches, their 7-2 loss to Villa. And I was say, a, what's their goal differential right now? It is, it's, I, think it's, I think it's flat. I think it's even. Okay. I really do think it's even. That's why they're so far down. It's goal diff. Let's be honest. Uh, and before their 7-2 loss to Villa, they lost on pens to Arsenal in the Cup. I, I don't see any need to go back any further on their schedule to check how they've done to the, on their fixture list. Uh, predicted lineup. I'm still a little hazy about if, uh, if the, uh, I don't know, the human sieve uh adrian is going to play or not or if it's going to be allison i i feel like allison's out still allison's out yeah yeah uh they were trying to get jack butland from stoke but i haven't followed up on that i've slept instead yeah uh, that's you know what you're you're not missing out i had to actually go to real actual liverpool sites to get this information and uh i i died a little on the inside I had to do some meditation, bring myself back. It's a terrible place to be. I wouldn't recommend going there. Just saying. I, I've been to Anfield. Oh, hell. Christ. Actually, funny story. I did the tour there because, uh, you know, I'm never going to be there again. And they said, uh, is anyone here a Liverpool fan? And everyone except me raised their hand. And they said, and the tour guide said, uh, uh, who do you cheer for? And I said, I'm an Evertonian. And she goes, why are you here? And I said, I had to see the place where Everton won their first league title. <laughs> and, and that's the reason I'm here. Nice. And, nice. And she 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 didn't much care for that. But of you know it's what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, geez, that's crazy. Uh I mean you you gotta say something there. You better yeah. have an answer if you're there. Uh so uh Adrian. Hopefully starting, throwing some in the net for us. That would be great. Uh, Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Matip, I think, is actually healthy for this one. So you'll either see Gomez or Matip, I think, in there, par- pairing with Van Dyke. Um, Robertson on the left. Uh, midfield three. I'm not sure. I-, I think Thiago may actually be almost ready or nearly there. Yeah, he should be. He should be clear of COVID uh, unless yeah. he's had like leftovers or whatever. But he should have put it in the protocol. Uh, so uh, you could see Henderson, Fabinho, and Thiago, or you could see one all them in there as well. Um, and then your three up front probably going to be Salah, Firmino, and I think Mane is back from his quarantine as well. So uh, you know, two goal scorers and a defensive striker. Um, yeah, so there's those, um, you could, y'all could also could see, uh, that, uh, Diego Jota come in, uh, good little player, honestly. And a kid, I'll, a kid, Everton fan. yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So that's the thing. I kid a lot about, uh, about our rivals, but you know, they got a good team. They're good. They were really good last year. Whatever. You know what I mean? I, re- I refuse to say anything positive about Liverpool. Yeah. You know what? That's cool. Uh, that's, <laughs> I think that's, that's, a, that's a good way to be. Um, I, I think we look good right now though. I think yeah, we look good this... right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, and I realize, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid 
the way some people have been in the past. No, I. No. Uh, That's ridiculous going into a derby. <laughs> Having been burned from positivity so many times in the past, uh, I I do not feel comfortable because I never feel comfortable, and I never will until we get one over. Like Did, didn't necessarily say comfortable. By the way, yeah. said afraid. It's, it's a little different. I think yeah. if you're going in, I think you go into every match, you better be a little nervous, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like this. So when I say I've been burned in the past, I mean literally last year. You know, you see that the Liverpool lineup they throw out there, but then Everton goes and loses to teenagers. Yep. I, there's, there's got to, there's some mental block when they see those jerseys that. They just can't seem to get out of their own way. It and, was it was a thing. It used and so, to be a thing, right? The hope is is that the personality has changed mm-hmm. and that they go into these games feeling a little bit different than maybe they have in the past. Right. And I think it's reasonable to say that it's changed a little bit. I mean, yeah. the last time these two teams played, Everton arguably should have won. Yeah. I mean, Everton had the best chances. It's a scoreless draw at Goodison because it almost mm-hmm. always is, uh, except for a couple occasions when it's not. But uh, the, you know, there's there's reasonable amount of confidence based off of that game under Carlo and with some of these players, and then with the players who haven't been around, James Rodriguez doesn't doesn't give a damn about Liverpool. Like he played at Real Madrid, he played at Bayern Munich, going he played in Champions League, like. Going to Anfield doesn't mean anything to him, you know. So uh, it, you, you hope that that comes with a, a, a the type of personality change that we've seen from Everton this year. You know, they hadn't beaten Tottenham in, what was that, eight years? Yes, I mean, long. that streak was almost as long as Liverpool's, and who knows the last time they won at Tottenham. Yeah. And so the uh, the fact that they were able to get that one over, mm-hmm. you know, shows that it's a different team and so i i make the joke a lot of times it's not entirely true because we do have a few people that have been around a while that i'm the only person in the nashville group that's ever seen everton beat liverpool and it's you know it's it's mostly true like it's uh-huh. not that long like Jeez. i don't know how many times i i'll go into a match saying we're due but it's one of those things that drives me nuts because you think about it. Like, it's not like Liverpool has been some unbeatable juggernaut over the last 10 years. Like, they finished behind Everton in some of these years that they have beaten them. Yeah. And, uh, but they've lost to basically everyone else. Like, they've lost to Watford. They've lost multiple times to Burnley. Yep. And it's just they can't, Everton, and Everton's done basically every team except them. Like, Everton's kicked the kicked crap out of City and United a few times. Certainly Chelsea, certainly Arsenal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's time to to keep it rolling. And if they can't do it this time, I don't know when they are. You know what I mean? Like this is this is the team. This is as good as Everton has looked in a long time. This is as confident as I think a lot of Evertonians are going to this game as they felt in a long time. Like. And this is probably the least amount of confidence you've seen from Liverpool fans going into this game in a while. Like, yeah. there's a couple of, um, you know, we have our own 
local thing to watch Nashville SC games. And there's a few Liverpool fans that go there and they were like, you guys are probably going to beat us. Like, which I don't usually hear from Liverpool yeah. fans. <laughs> I usually make the joke that they've only been a fan for a couple of years and they don't get to talk to me about the Everton Liverpool <laughs> until they've lost one. So, um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a weird time and, and, you know, knock on all the wood, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it, it this is the most confident I've been going in in a while. Yeah. Uh, I feel confident in the team. I do. Uh, I feel confident in the mindset. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to be comfortable going into any game because I feel like the league is a strong league, period. You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, if you don't learn from the past, I just don't go into anything thinking it's a gimme. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just not my my way. Um, Even when you haven't lost at home in a year and it's against the worst team in the league. Yeah, yes. I understand. Yes, <laughs> there's. But um, I also have been really big on kind of trying to buck that 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 whole that Everton that mentality and trying not to think like that. You know what I mean? Trying to get trying to get past it in my my own mind because I feel like it becomes a collective thing. Where everybody's sitting there, you know what I mean? Screw that. Uh, we got a team that's literally coming together, right? Uh, we we picked we we signed a player like Alan. I mean, there's a there's a friggin' pit bull, you know what I mean? Who's gonna give us the and, and Decore? These are players that, you know, are gonna give us a different kind of mentality. Hamas is world class. Yeah. Right. Well, and so, this I think that the sort of collective thing goes into. You know, the the theory that Everton is playing better almost with empty stadiums. Like, because mm. I've seen this in a few times. I would disagree with this pretty wholeheartedly on the Liverpool match because I think Liverpool at Goodison brings out a different level of Goodison. Yes, it does. Where there are some pretty crap Everton teams that Liverpool couldn't beat at Goodison. Yeah. Uh, but on the inverse of that, we all we're all Evertonians. Mm-hmm. We know how Evertonians get if things. It doesn't happen all the all the time. Things go a little bit, yeah, off kilter. Suddenly, it's really hard to play in front of for the home team as opposed to the away team. Yeah, and so uh, I, it's not without um, without reservation that you know you look at those games like, well, like West Brom, you know, where mm-hmm. you give up those two goals and you're like does. Is this more of the same if they're playing in front of fans, or is this the five-two team that we saw? So, right, I, I think that that's sort of an interesting, uh, an interesting X factor to think about. Yeah, uh, not having the fans and whether or not that's a that's a positive or a negative. Now, as an Everton fan, it's obviously a negative, and the fans need to be there, and they 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 do everything for the club. But you know, it's in this whole mentality thing because mm-hmm. the talent's there. I think it's evident that the talent's there. It's about getting over these sort of mental humps that they've been getting over this year and to come to pull out some of these results. Like how can they keep that going? Yeah. I mean, I did think it, think it was super interesting that every single year, the scheduling has been, uh, the, uh, the Derby has been reversed. And then this year where, you know, it, it was interesting, the switching of it. You know, that it's going to be at Goodison to start this season instead of 
at uh, Sergio Ramos Stadium. Um, so I guess it really is going to be, I'm really curious to see if they get fans when we play them next year. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not Mr. Like conspiracy theory. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> just saying. It the, is the way an, things are going right now over there, there ain't going to be fans for a long time in those stands. Yeah. They're, well, they're, they're in the same boat we're in or we're about to be in because we're, we're allowing fans right now in the U.S., but who knows how much longer that's going to last. That's very true. Um, our lineup, I think we're going to see – we're still going to see Pickford start, yeah? Um, Coleman, assuming he didn't uh, end up with any injuries uh, playing for Ireland or being with the Irish team. Um, Keane, uh, and whether or not we're going to see Mina, depending on his discomfort that he had – because if we I don't, we see Mina. I, I fingers, you know. If not, though, we see the appearance of young Godfrey. I think, or if they don't feel like he's ready, they'll slide Luca Dean into that center back position the way they've done in the cup. You might see it. Do not want. <laughs> Understood. I'm. I actually don't completely hate the idea because he's at least had more experience at that position, and that puts Nkunku on the left, and he's proven to be solid. I don't mind that plan. Um, I, I'll be really curious if Mina's not available, how that's going to work. I don't want uh, – I want folks playing their natural positions against the front three that they're going to be against. Mm-hmm. So I, I do not want that in any way. If it happens, it happens. I mean, Liverpool's – you know, they, they've gotten matchups that you think are kind to them that they've not been able to – you know, <laughs> come away with uh, a win before when Everson's mm-hmm. had these sort of weird lineups in the past. And there's, I, I just, I, I would be shocked if it's not, if it's not Mina, then it's not going to be Godfrey. But I have, I have a feeling that this Mina thing is probably a knock and, you know, mm-hmm. he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just, I continue to not know whether or not I prefer Dean there or Godfrey there. You know what I mean? Like if Mina's yeah. not available, I don't know which one is a smarter pick. Uh, I, I, all I know is that Carlo has has trusted Dean there in the past in the cup. So, um, so anyway, but the assumption is Mina will be there. So, yeah. Um, then we've got Alan, who will hopefully be back. It's supposed to be Decore, uh, Andre Gomez. Um, and if if no Andre Gomez, then we'll probably see Sigurdsson, right? Um, and then Hamas, DCL, and Richarlison up front. Yeah. And uh, I know uh, last week we had uh, had Jake who made the call that uh, his his Goodison Derby prediction was three one three one Everton. I wanted to remind everybody of that. What's your what's your prediction, Clay? Uh, two nil. Two nil. I'm gonna go DCL and Decore with a goal, mm-hmm. and Pickford makes a wild save at some point. Nice. I think I think Pickford. The way Pickers is like wherever the narrative is, he does whatever the opposite is. So if he's <laughs> playing well, he's gonna give up a stupid goal. Yeah. If he's not playing well, he's gonna be lights out. Yeah. And so. He's not been playing well, so I'm going to assume he's going to be lights out. (laughs) 
I am going to say 3-2. Uh, we get the win. Uh, and I think one of our goals will be Adrian. Just somebody, I, I think maybe Alan is going to do that Crocodile Dundee thing yeah. and make him just literally fall down. It is like, it is interesting watching, because Lord knows I've watched the replay of him losing 7-2 multiple times. But the so many deflected goals in that game. Yeah. So it's just like, Maybe you just maybe everyone just needs to be like just having a go. Pickford should take a shot. What whatever. Like just keep <laughs> like just just keep kicking it in the general direction and see if Adrian can handle it. Like because there were, I mean I want to say what those seven goals, three or four of them were just big deflections mm-hmm. that like is I wish that could happen with us once and it's not like with well, Aston Villa, you know, like that should be our game where we just do that and we could talk about it for a decade. See, I've never been much of an Adrian fan before he even signed with them. Like I didn't really like him before when he was playing for West Ham. So, and uh, I'm very aware Pickford uh, is also having the same type of mistakes that Adrian's having right now. So I, I, I want to, I call, I call them self-awareness. I don't, I, it's not my, my name, but I call them self, self-awareness FC all the time. And, and I'm pretty self-aware. I'm aware our keeper's going to, probably have a, a brain fart or two when we play that's cool not i just this week i'm just i'm just hoping it's uh it's less we're gonna know? see tottenham pickford not fleetwood pickford <laughs> that would be nice that would be nice uh but anyway so that's uh that's a three one from jake it's a two nil from you and a three two from me uh that's a wow that's three wins predicted that is a wave. That is a wave, friends. That is happening. All right, so that that wraps this up. That wraps up our show. Uh, we are we are completely completely finished because the Derby preview was the last thing we've got on the table. So uh, I just want to make sure I say, Clay, thanks so much. Uh, I want to make sure you have time. I want to want to plug all of the the Nashville Evertonian Evertonian stuff. I know you have a a website and you've got your your socials so you want to rattle all that off real quick nashville evertonians on facebook we have a page and a group so you can be in both uh we also have nashville underscore efc on twitter we've been pretty active there the the so i'm gonna brag on myself for one thing here that seamus coleman clip that went viral of him telling off uh kieran uh gibbs yeah, I know exactly what you're talking Your about. Your boy. No way, I really. The one who posted that, it went viral off of the Nashville EFC Twitter account. No one had posted the clip before I did. I got DMCA'd like two days later, but it already popped up everywhere else. So nice. I'm taking I'm taking a victory lap on that. Congrats. <laughs> I've I've never started anything. So congrats on that, man. Why? <laughs> I was getting texts from people because it was in like the echo and whatnot. Yeah. I couldn't believe no one saw it. Like, yeah. Like it was one of those things where I saw it Saturday night and I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then Sunday, I like looked to see if anyone had, and no one had posted it. And I, I was had like, never well, seen it. it right I, had, I had not seen it. I saw him yelling, but I didn't know what it was. What it was. So, yeah. yeah. So, so what Nashville underscore EFC, uh, just uh-huh. throwing out there. Sometimes we, sometimes we break news and set a narrative. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I'm Clay Lassol on Twitter, as previously mentioned. And then you can also check out TennesseeToffees.com 
That is our brand new website. I personally think it looks pretty slick because I'm going to pat myself on the back back for it. But uh, for the folks that may or may may not be, you know, closer to Nashville, you can sign up for a premium membership there. You can also sign up for a free membership there. Uh, we do have a handful of folks that we've got a couple that drives in from Huntsville, Alabama, that are premium members, and they that's nice. a that's a ninety minute drive. You know, very cool. They come yeah. In. They're going to be there, I think, on Saturday. So they're leaving like super early in the morning. So, uh, so yeah, we, we try and pull from our little, you know, pocket in the, in the Southeast. So that, that's, that's all my plugs. Okay. And you're going to have to make sure, give, uh, give old Jose Baxter a little bump and a, and a, and an Jose. elbow, Jose. Jose Baxter. <laughs> Jose yeah. Baxter. Give it. Give him. Give him a little something for me, because uh, that's. I'm assuming he's going to show up. Uh, do me a favor. Tell Alistair Johnson what's up. With uh, oh, he's awesome, dude. He's Such from Wake Forest. Point. He's from Wake Forest. And if you yeah. have any idea how good he was with the kids around here, like yeah. he's like my my. Oh, my kids absolutely yeah, love well, Alistair. He looks the same so. age as them, so it makes sense. He's, does look young. Yeah, yeah. He's. He's got he got a red card suspension last game, crazily enough. But like, uh, it was bad luck. But but he's great. He's great. That dude is going to be in Europe in two or three years, guaranteed. Love that. Love that guy. And he's a college a college product. He was a transfer in from St. John's. Johnson. I think he's originally from Canada. Yeah, he's going to uh, be a Canadian national. He might be when it's all said and done on the same back line with old. Uh, Alfonso Davies. That'd be crazy. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, but he's just a super good guy. So yeah, definitely uh, keep him safe for us. Uh, very cool. Um, I should, I should uh, do a little Toffee Blues pub here. Toffee Blues website. You should check that out. All kinds of, all things Everton. Lots of content. You see a lot of people contributing here on the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of them are writing stories. We're doing content. So check that out. Um, if you haven't subscribed already to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel, please do so. Um, it, it just, all, all it really does is make us feel like super good. Be like, look at that number growing. Yeah. And we just, the fact that we are, we are climbing close to 7,000 is an absurd thing to me and I cannot get over it. Uh, and all the Toffee Blues guys have been the ones putting in the time and just, uh, kicking ass on that. So, so yeah. And, and Toffee Blues, John, you're doing it, dude. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think I'm done with the plugging. I have, I have, uh, I, I, I'm catching all kinds of hurry up Jerry looks from my wife from the other side of the room. So I should probably go. Uh, <laughs> I want, I do want to make sure. Clay, thanks so much. It's good to talk to you in person and not just sit there and know you from Twitter and be like, oh, that guy. It's really cool to actually actually talk to you. The guy's got a ton of uh, U.S. soccer stories, and yeah, it's just. It's awesome. So uh, thanks so much for it, man, and uh, sharing everything. And love to have you back on again sometime, man. Yeah, just let me know. Uh, it's no problem. And then uh, you just have to make sure that whenever people are allowed to be out and about again, you come down here for a Nashville match. Oh, that'd be so fun. I'd absolutely love to. Oh, man. And honestly, just to hang out in Nashville at all. Never been there. Yeah. told you. So I need to I need to figure out what that place is about. So, yeah, you'll have to – Give me the tour. Absolutely. All right. Well, you take care. Thanks so much, man. And uh, yeah, everybody else out there, um, it's just another game this weekend, right?
I can't convince myself of that. All right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, UTFT, let's do this. Let's get the three points. And, uh, yeah, speed up on them. It's about time. All right. Much love to everybody. Have a good one. Bye.